0: Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. We're going to jump right into it tonight. Uh, We're going to jump into Mark chapter 8. Mark chapter 8, verse 22. Uh, Mark chapter 8, verse 22. And it reads this. It says, When they arrived to Bethsaida, Some people brought a blind man to Jesus. And they begged him to touch the man and heal him. And Jesus took the blind man by the hand and led. Come on, everybody say led. And led him out of the village. Then spitting on the man's eyes, he laid his hands on him and asked, Can you see anything now? The man looked around and said, Yes, but I see people, but I can't see them very clearly, and they look like trees walking around. Then Jesus placed his hands on the man's eyes again, and his eyes were open, and his sight was completely, everybody say completely, his sight was completely restored, and he could see everything clearly. If there's only one name, there's only one person that can completely restore us. There's only one thing that can completely uh, restore who we are in the eyes of Christ. It doesn't come from possessions, don't restore us. People can't restore us. Money can't restore us. Only the name of Jesus can restore us from the inside out, completely and fully transformed. What we're going to talk about tonight is this is on the fringe of freedom, on the fringe of freedom. Come on, let's pray over tonight. Father, we thank you for what you're doing in this house. We thank you, Father, that we're going to be calling in, Father, your will to take place. We thank you, God, for miracle signs and wonders taking place tonight. We thank you for freedom taking place tonight. God, we thank you for breakthroughs in the hearts of individuals who, who are holding or struggling on to things of the world, God, that there's going to be breakthroughs in spirits, breakthroughs in souls, God, breakthroughs in the mind, Father, tonight. God, we thank you for chains falling off. God, we thank you for addictions, God, leaving. God, we thank you, Father. Father, for God, a restoration, a a fullness, God, a transformation that only can be done by your hand, by your love, and by your spirit, God. So have your way tonight. We're just here, God, to learn more about you, to to go more into your presence, go more, God, into your power that you have for us, Father, all by the authority and the name of Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Thank you for the opportunity this to, God, be in your presence. We love you, Jesus. And everybody says... Amen, amen. Come on, give Jesus a hand clap of praise tonight, and then y'all can be seated. Y'all can be seated. Y'all can be seated. Throughout Scripture, or more specifically throughout the Gospels, uh, there are 38 uh, specific miracles by Jesus uh, that is recorded. And we actually know uh, that Jesus actually did many more things and many more miracles uh, throughout his life. Uh, but John says in John chapter 21 that if he would have recorded everything that Jesus did and every miracle that he performed and every demon that he casted out, that if he would have recorded every detail of his life, that there wouldn't be enough books in the world to contain it. So we know there was many things that took place in the life of Jesus that wasn't recorded, but by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, what was recorded was meant for us. Uh, But out of of all of the miracles that Jesus did, uh, the passage of Scripture that we just read is the only miracle um, that didn't happen instantaneously. It's the only miracle that happened uh, over time, that happened... uh, over a progressive miracle it's the only one that has ever been recorded and it goes to show us because i here's what i believe and here's what i know for a fact is that we serve a god that can do things instantaneously we we, i've seen it happen where miracles happen as soon as we say the name of jesus we've seen cancer leave bodies we've seen demons be casted out we've seen miracles happen at the snap of the finger by the power of god we've seen people be transformed Who knows we serve a God that can do things in an instant, in the blink of an eye. But at the same time, by the wisdom of Jesus, he showed this miracle to to this so we could be encouraged that just because our breakthrough or a miracle or a freedom, that just because it didn't happen right away, that doesn't mean that God isn't working. That just because that our breakthrough didn't happen as soon as we said amen, that doesn't mean that Jesus didn't hear us. I think he recorded this miracle in this scripture for us to read so that way we can be encouraged that anytime we are believing for something, believing for a miracle, and believing for a breakthrough, that just because it doesn't happen overnight, that doesn't mean that God doesn't sit on the throne, but that he's always working, he's always progressing, and that the kingdom of God is always going forward. I think in his infinite wisdom, he displayed this miracle for a reason. I think there are times that we feel like we're on the fringe of a breakthrough, or we feel like how maybe this bland, blind man was feeling when when Jesus was praying for him, and even though he was praying and, and Jesus was speaking, and even though he, he, he it didn't happen right away, I believe there's some things in our lives that aren't happening right away, and And it's in those times, the the in-between of times, when we are thinking, hey, maybe this whole praying thing isn't working out, or maybe this whole faith thing isn't working, or belief thing isn't working. And we can almost be convinced of the enemy that our prayers, that our beliefs, and our faith is, is hitting a wall. We feel like we're hitting something. We're not breaking through, or it's not happening how we want it to happen. But I think Jesus recorded this miracle just to show us that even when it doesn't happen right away, that doesn't mean that we're supposed to give up on believing, to give up on praying, to give up on saying that I am going to see God's promises take place in my life, and it doesn't matter if it takes a while or takes tomorrow, I'm believing the same way all the way through. And we recorded that, and that's what the blind man did. He he pushed past even when things didn't happen right away. Because there's times when maybe we feel like we are failing in our faith, but maybe we're not failing. We're just on the fringe of something. We're just on the other side. So we're so close to getting a breakthrough or so close to getting to a place that where God wants us to be. And can I say it's at the, that point of so close or, or right around the corner, it's at that point on the footstep, on the, on the doorstep of our miracle, that's where the enemy pushes us the hardest. That's when he tries to tell us, hey, give up. Don't go to church. Stop praying. Stop believe. He tries to get us to stop because he knows that we're on the fringe of freedom. We're on the fringe of breakthrough. We're on the fringe of our miracle. And all we have to do is just keep on believing because God is working and God is doing So what we're going to look at tonight is, is look at this blind man and how he maintained his belief for freedom even when it didn't happen right away. So let's go back to verse 22. Let's go back to verse 22 and we'll read it together. It says, when they arrived to Bethsaida, some people, turn to your neighbor and say, some people. It says, some people brought a blind man to Jesus, and they begged him to touch the man and heal him. It says, some people. It says, the people led a blind man to Jesus. All I'm going to say is this. Thank God that blind man had friends that led him to Jesus. Because if he wouldn't have had any friends around him that knew about the name of Jesus, he would still be blind, he would still be stuck, and would have never had his miracle. If he didn't have the correct people around him to lead him to Jesus, to lead him to the solution, to lead him to his breakthrough, to tell him about a name greater than their name and say, there's somebody named Jesus who can can heal you, who can have the breakthrough you're looking for. If it wasn't for him being surrounded around the right people... He would have never had his breakthrough. But people led him to Jesus. You know, we've heard it said many times, show me your friends and I'll show you your future, right? But I believe that applies to so many things. Like if you show me your friends, I I will show you your limitations. If you show me your friends, I will show you what your ceiling is. Because we are the average of our five closest friends. And so if we just stick around people that are bringing us down, that are struggling with the same things we are struggling with, that are convincing us of doing less than who we are, if we surround ourselves with those type of people, it's going to be very difficult to get to your breakthrough. If we surround ourselves with people who who push us further away from Jesus and doesn't bring us closer to his name, it's going to be hard to walk in the purpose and promises that God has for us. We have to be very particular, With the people we are surrounded with, because friends are people are like elevators. They either take you up or take you down. There's no in between. They're either taking you closer to Jesus or pulling you further away from the name of Jesus. There's no in between. We have to be very intentional about who we are surrounded with. That's why we have to surround ourselves with people who love Jesus. If there's one thing, attribute that you need to look for your friends to have is to say, do they have the love of Jesus on the inside of them? They don't need to be perfect. They don't need to be rich. They don't need to have all the popularity. No, do they have the love of Jesus on the inside of them? And if they have that, that's what what we need. That's what we need to have in common. That's why we have to surround ourselves with the right people. We need to surround ourselves with people who are pushing us closer to Jesus, who are pushing us to pray more, to believe for, the, for better things, to, to believe for the things of God in our lives. Those are the type of people we have to surround ourselves with. Because if you want to walk in freedom, you want to walk in breakthroughs, you want to walk in the promises of God, you've got to surround yourself with the right people. Because if you surround yourself with the wrong people, people who are bringing you down, people who are, who are trying to talk about limitations and fears and doubts and all the lies of the enemy, it's, it's going to be near impossible for us to get through that. Imagine this. Imagine if the blind man only had blind friends. Who knows? Nobody would have gotten to Jesus, Right? If the blind man surrounded himself with blind people, none of them would have received the miracle that he needed. We can't surround ourselves with people who are struggling with the same things we are struggling with. We have to surround ourselves with people who are pushing us forward, who are picking us up, who are, love us, who loves us enough to say, hey, that is wrong. That's not right. I love you, but you need to change what you're doing. We need to surround ourselves with that type of people. Point number one for tonight is this. Surround yourself with people who can see, everybody say see, where you are blind surround yourself with people who can see where you are blind. Surround yourself with people who can see where the things that we need to improve on, and the things that we need to seek Jesus more in, and the things that we know that, hey, we need to grow more in that area. Because if we surround ourselves with people who are struggling with the same things, who are who are struggling with the same addictions. That's not gonna allow us to move on from that. That's gonna make us sink even deeper into those struggles and those addictions and lifestyles. We have to surround ourselves with people who see, who are, who see the things maybe that we are struggling with and love us enough, love us enough to say, hey, that's not right. I love, I still love you, but you can do better. We have to have those people around us because if we surround ourselves with people, if that blind man surrounded himself with blind people, people it would have been the blind leading the blind. Going around in circles, not knowing and struggling the same problems over and over and over. Struggling with the same addictions over and over and over. Struggling with the same lifestyles over and over and over. But when we surround ourselves with people who are pursuing the things of God, those type of people don't struggle with the same things over and over and over and over again. Can I tell you that? Those type of people do not stay in the same place. They don't stay stagnant. They don't go and struggle the same attacks over. and No, they move forward. They move on with Jesus. They they move on with the kingdom of heaven. They push you forward to the purpose and plans that Jesus has on your life. Those are the type of people we got to surround ourselves with. You might say, well, I have friends, and they accept me for who I am. You know, they don't tell me I need to improve. They accept me for who I am. They don't tell, give me wise counsel. They, they, just, they just love me and accept me. They, they say everything's good. Let me tell you this. Those aren't your friends, <laughs> okay? Or you need to find better friends. Because if somebody truly loved you, if somebody truly loves you, they will tell you where we need to improve. And they will say it in a way that comes from a place of love. They will say it in a way that comes from a way that we're supposed to communicate it, not in saying, hey, not in a way of casting judgment, but encouragement of saying, hey, I see you doing better things. I see you doing greater things. I see you doing more for Jesus. I see you being able to step up in what God has for your life. Those are the type of people we have to surround ourselves with. Because what if the lack of breakthrough in our lives has nothing to do with us? It has everything to do with the people around us. That because we're surrounded by the wrong people, we are not stepping into the right promises. We're not stepping into the right purposes of God. All because we're surrounded with the wrong people that are holding us down. Look, now I'm not saying this. I'm not saying that you need to go on Facebook and begin kicking people off your friends list. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that you need to go and begin to, to say, hey, you're not my friend no more. And 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 act like you don't know me That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is this, that we need to understand the difference between, between being the influencer and the influencee. Meaning, hey, if this person wants to hang out with you, say, okay, that's great. Come to church with me, all right, and we'll hang out together, right? I'm not going to go to the club with you. You're going to go to church with me because I'm not being influenced by you. You're going to be influenced by me. That's the difference that we have to have. We have to understand that we want to be the influence for good, not being influenced by the wrong people, the wrong times. That's how we say, hey, we we can still be friends. But guess what? I ain't doing those things. I ain't doing those crazy things. You're coming to church. We're still crazy, but we're in church, right? And we're going to have a good time. That's why church is so important because we are surrounded by the right people. We are surrounded by people. I can tell you right now about Riverside Church. If this is your first time or you're still trying things out here in this house, I can tell you right now, you found a house. You found a group of people that will love you, that will love you through things, for things, that will will speak things over you of life, truth, and peace. That you are surrounded by people who believe the best for you. And you found a house that you can be protected in. That's why the church is so important. That's why God created the church. Because we're not meant to live this life alone. Because the answer isn't to be a a hermit either. That's not the answer. The answer isn't to say, okay, well, I guess I will just be by myself the rest of my life and not have anybody. No, that's not the answer either. The answer is to be plugged into a house, to be plugged into a community, to be plugged into a place. where You have people around you who encourage you, love you, and push you forward to the things that God has for you. Amen. Come on, if you're thankful for the church, come on, give Jesus a hand clap because he created that for us. Let's look at verse 23. It says, so Jesus took the blind man by the hand and led, everybody say led, Led. and led him out of the village. Jesus took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. This reading that encourages me. Because this is the creator of heaven and earth. This is God wrapped in flesh. He could have easily ignored. He could have easily brushed over. He could have easily said, I got too many things to do to slow down for you. But instead, he's, he's like, look, I got a world to save. I don't got time for you. Instead, he took this blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. Even though he was still blind, even though he wasn't perfect, even though he didn't have all things together, he led him by the hand out of the village. That's the type of God that we serve. That It doesn't matter if you don't have everything all together or not. doesn't matter if you're perfect or not. He will still grab you by the hand, and he will lead you where you need to go. You say, hey, I know you're not perfect. I know you're still blind, but don't worry. That's why you got me. I'm leading you by the hand where you need to go. I'm leading you by the hand where I'm taking you, where the breakthroughs going to take place, where the promises are. I'm leading you by the hand. That's the type of God we serve. He's never going to leave us behind. He's never going to say, I got too many things to do, and I'm too busy for you. No, he is going to lead us by the hand even when we're not perfect. Even, it says, even while we were still sinners, he died for us. Even while we were still messed up, he died for us. Even when we had no reason for somebody to put their life on the line, he put his life on the line for us. We said, for God, that will never leave us behind. But the blind man trusted Jesus to lead him, even though he didn't know where he was going. The blind man trusted Jesus even though he had no idea what the destination was. I mean, have you ever seen the videos where they're blindfolded and they kind of lead him and then they lead him into like a water or something or lead him into like, you know, a lake and they fall in? This guy, he's blind. He doesn't know where he's going, but he's trusting Jesus that he's going to lead him where he needs to go. If there's a picture of being a son and daughter of God, it's that. It's saying, God, I don't see where you're taking me, but I feel your hand leading me. So I'm going to follow you. I'm going to trust you, and I'm not going to fight you. I'm gonna, I, I might not see where I'm going, but God, you are leading me. I feel your hand staring my direction and my decision. So even though I don't see the destination, I trust you to follow to, to follow after you. That's what it looks like to trust God. For him to take us by the hand and lead us, even though we can't see where we are going sometimes, and and letting God lead us even when we are unsure or or uncertain about what and the future looks like, but allowing God to lead us. That's what it looks like to trust Jesus, to trust God, to, to believe in what He has for you. Say, God, I don't know where you're taking me, but I trust where you are taking me. God, I don't know exactly where we are going, but I trust that we, where we are going is better than where I thought I could go. That's what leading on Jesus looks like. To saying, God, I can't, I, I don't know, but God, grab me by the hand and lead me because I want to follow after you. I don't want to lean on my own understanding. I don't want to lean on my own will. I don't want to lean on my own plans. God, I want to be led. I want to be led by you. That's what it looks like. And there's been times in my life where people are like, Caleb, where are you going? What, what, what's your plan? I say, I don't know what the plan is, but I don't have to know. Because I'm letting God lead me. I'm letting Jesus take me. I'm letting God steer me. And I don't know exactly where I'll be in 10 years. But if I let God lead me each and every day, I'll be exactly where God wants me to be in 10 years. I'll be exactly where God has for me in my future. Why? If I just allow God to lead me, I'm going to find my place in the, in the purpose that God has for me. See, I would rather follow Jesus blindly into his blessings than lead myself clearly into chaos. I would rather follow Jesus blindly into his blessings than lead myself clearly into chaos. And I feel like that's what we do sometimes. We say, God, I got a plan. God, I got, I, got, I got all these steps. God, I have a vision for my life. And, and even though it's not what God wants for us, but because we have all these things set in our mindset, we lead ourselves maybe clearly, but it's into the wrong direction that God has for us. But for us to trust God, for us to actually step fully into his blessings and to the purpose that God has for us is this, saying, God, I don't know the plan. I don't know the 10-step plan. I I can't see it clear, but God, I trust you anyways. And if you live that type of life, you're going to find yourself in blessings you never dreamed of. You're going to find yourself surrounded in promises you never thought possible. Come on, somebody. You will find yourself in a place you never thought was possible. And it's all because it didn't come from your mind or your plans. It came from the hand of God. Come on, give Jesus a shout of praise tonight. we continue with verse 23 it says then spitting come on someone say spitting then spitting on the man's eyes he laid his hands on him and when you read this you just got to laugh because you remember this guy's blind he thinks he's receiving a healing and he just feels liquid hitting his face and he knows it's not raining and he's like okay something's not something's not right Like, is this is not how I envisioned this healing to go, right? I envisioned him to say, be healed, and then I could see, not spit hitting my face. I did not come here for a spitting in my face. I came here for my eyes to be open. But he is trying to receive his miracle, but instead he gets spat on. I think there are times when we are praying, when we are believing, when we are Asking God for something, and all of a sudden something happens that we didn't plan on. Something happens when we think, "Hey, God, what? This doesn't look like what? it doesn't look like how I thought it would look." And something happens. You're like, "God, why, why? Why are we doing it this way? It, it's against my mindset. It's against my vision. It's against my perspective of how I thought things would play out." Almost feels like getting spat on. You're like, "God, what's going on?" But I think it's in times when that happens, when we are confused. God is looking to see if we still trust him. I think it's in time that those happens when we are like, God, this isn't how I envision this to go. God is saying, I know, because this is my will, not your will. Are you still going to trust it even when things aren't going perfect, even when things are a little bit messy, even, things when, they, even when things aren't going according to plan, are you still going to trust me? Because here's the thing about miracles. Miracles can get messy. Breakthroughs can be hard sometimes. Sometimes it will, it's going to take a lot of belief and patience and perseverance. And it's going it's to take a time where you're going to look back and say, wow, look at all the things God brought me out of. It wasn't easy. It wasn't perfect. It wasn't all things didn't go according to plan. But I trusted God through every step of the way. And now look where he brought me. Now look where he got me out of. It takes in times like that for us to trust him. Because we have to trust God even when it doesn't go according to our plans. Because I believe it's on the other side of that trust where breakthrough is at. It's on the other side of that belief. Where freedom is at. It's on the other side of that decision where we're saying, hey, I'm going on with you, Jesus. Even though everything's not perfect, I'm still pursuing after Jesus. Even when everything's not going great, I'm still pursuing after Jesus. Even when the big account is crazy, I'm still pursuing after Jesus. Even when I get news I didn't want to hear from the doctor, I'm still pursuing after Jesus. I still have my belief in Jesus. I still have my trust in Jesus. I'm, I still, I choose you, God. I choose you, God. Even things aren't perfect, things aren't going to plan, but God, I still choose you. I believe it's on the other side of that trust. It's on the other side of that belief where we see our freedom and our miracle. Come on, give Jesus a hand clap of praise tonight. As we continue with the story, he says, he laid his hands on him and asked, can you see anything now? Verse 24. The man looked around and said, yes, he said. I see people, but I can't see them very clearly. Come on, someone say clearly. He said, I can't see them very clearly. They, they look like trees walking around. See, Jesus prayed for them, and things did get better, but things were still blurry. Things, things improved, but things weren't perfect. Things got better, but it was still glory you ever, you ever prayed for something and things got better but it's like god there's still a whole lot more that needs to get done, right like god thank you for that but there's like so many more things that needs to happen and as you're praying it almost like one step at a time like god can it this happen all at once I remember, I remember one time at a conference i was praying over this this youth pastor he, he, he came to the to, to the prayer line and he had scoliosis and it was getting really bad uh, he said that his, his, his he's always had scoliosis but he said now he's had this sharp pain this shooting down his leg every time he would walk it was just shoot down his leg and so it's okay let's let's pray and so we were praying together believing together felt the power of God and then we said amen and and you know there was you know kind of a prayer line going so he said amen did not have time to, t- to talk after and he and he left and but then he came back. I said, why, why, why did he, he come back? And, and, he, and he, said, he said, man, we were praying, and I felt God just touch my body. He said, now I, I don't feel the pain in my leg anymore. I said, thank you, Jesus. But, I, he, said, but he said, I still feel the pain in my back. I, I, I still feel, I still feel the, 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 the pain in my back still happening. He said, I believe that God can heal that too. He said, I believe, I believe God can continue. I believe that God can heal my back, too. I said, amen, let's pray. And we were praying. And while we were praying, we just the, God touched his back, and he felt, and I felt his back pop. And his, and his back and his scoliosis lined up, and he was jumping up and down because God healed his back. And I, when I read this story, I remembered that because I was so encouraged by his faith. Because he could have settled just for the pain in his leg leaving. And he would have left with scoliosis. He could have just settled just for maybe a little bit of the big miracle that God wanted for him. But instead, he had the hunger. He had the belief. And like the blind man, he said, hey, look, Dane's improved. But I believe Dane can not get better. Things improved, yes, God. I can, I can see, but I can't see. He said, "They said, I want more. I want to go deeper. I, I'm coming back for more. I believe that God can do more, and I believe that that's what God wants for us is for us not to settle this for a little breakthrough. He wants to give us the whole enchilada. He wants to give us everything." And we just have to have the faith and the belief to say, God, I'm coming back. Even if it means I have to come back to prayer as another time and believe again and again. God, I'm coming back because I believe that you have the best for me. So what if the blind man would have said to Jesus once he asked him, hey, you know, can you see? What if he would have said, no, I can't see? Because technically he would have been right. Because things got better, but he was still blind. And he would technically have been right, but he had the faith to say, he said, maybe things aren't perfect, but I can still see. I don't want to give up yet. I could give up right now. I could stop right now. I could say, God, it's not working out, and, and go and find somewhere else. But he said, no, I, uh, things aren't perfect, but things have gotten better. I don't want to quit now. I don't want to stop. We just got started. I, I don't want to stop now. I want to keep on pushing. I want to keep on believing. I don't want to give up on what God is doing. I want to keep on pushing. And it's that faith, I think, that spurred the breakthrough in his eyes. As point two for tonight is this, is don't stop at the start. Don't stop at the start. Don't stop at the start, point two. Don't throw it up there. Don't worry, guys. Don't stop at the start. See, when God started moving, the blind man didn't stop believing. He could have said, hey, God, God they ain't having the, the game maybe be getting better, but I haven't seen the breakthrough. I'm still a little bit blind. I haven't received the full miracle. He could have stopped believing, but he didn't stop. He continued to believe. He didn't stop even when things started to get going. He, when God starts moving, when, God, when you see God moving in your life, don't stop believing just because he's not moving fa- as fast as you would want things to get done. Just because God is doing things maybe one step at a time, don't say, God, I'm going to quit. I'm going to stop because, look, it ain't going how fast I thought it would. No, don't stop at the start. God is just starting to do things on the inside of you. God is just starting to do things on the inside of your life, on the side of your family. And I believe that's true for all of us. I believe that there's so much more God has for us. Don't stop believing now. Don't think you've got the best yet. Don't think that you're at reach the top, the summit yet. No, believe that, hey, I'm still at the start. There's still many things that God has for me. There's still many promises that God has for my life. There's still many breakthroughs and miracles on the way. Don't stop at the start, and you can say, you know what, I might not be exactly who I want to be, but I'm not who I used to be, I'm improving each and every day. I'm building on each and every day. God is working on my life each and every day. And I'm believing for more. I'm believing for better. I'm believing that the best is yet to come, that the promises of God are yes and amen. And as long as I keep that faith and don't give up on what God is doing on the inside of me, we're going to reach the promises and the miracles that God has for us. So I don't want us just to stop when we're at the fringe of freedom. I don't want us just to give up when we just are at the brink of our breakthrough. And we, we, God just has started to do something on the inside of us. But because maybe we settle for, for less or we just think, God, this is too much. And we give up right when God is starting to move in our lives. Let us each and every day have that hunger. Say, God, I want more. I see, I see more in my future. God, I see better things are still to come. God, I, I want more of the anointing. I want more of the power. I want more of what you have for me, God. I don't want to settle. For anything less than your best, I want to step into more what God you have for me. Because sometimes what happens is that before things have a breakthrough in the physical, most of the time, I say 99% of the time, there has to be a breakthrough in the spiritual. That before you can see things take place in the physical, you have to go into warfare in the spiritual. That before you can see things transpire around you, things first have to transpire on the inside of you. That's how it happens. It's that we have to believe. We have to move past the feelings and the emotions and say, God, I believe in your name. I trust who you are. You're not just some fairy tale. You're not just some figment on my imagination. You are the God of heaven and earth that all things work under your hand, and I truly believe that, and so God, I believe that you can overcome any barrier, any stronghold, you can overcome any weapon, there is nothing that can stop the name of Jesus, and if you truly believe that, let me guarantee you will not stop at the start, you will not settle for less, you will not settle for anything else than God's best, because you know what kind of God, who you serve, amen, come on, give Jesus a shot of praise tonight, we're almost done. It says in verse 25, then Jesus placed his hands on the man's eyes again, and his eyes were open. His sight was completely, everybody say completely. His sight was completely restored, and he could see everything clearly. See, Jesus prayed for him a second time because the blind man still had faith even though it didn't happen the first time. He could have said, you know what, I tried this Jesus thing once, and then it happened, so I'm not trying ever again, right? Oh, it never, I came to church once, and my life wasn't perfect the next day, so I'm not coming to church ever again, right? I prayed, well, no. Do you have the faith to come a second time? Do you have the belief to come a second time? Say, hey, hey, you know what? But I have the belief, I have the trust to keep on coming again and again to be disciplined, to be consistent, to make sure that I'm not just here for emotions or feelings. I'm here for the spirit of God. I'm here to get something from no man can offer, No, that the world can. I'm here to get the presence of God. Because there have been times I prayed for something, and it happened right after. But that doesn't mean we stopped believing for it. There's been times we prayed and we prayed and we prayed and, It didn't happen rightly after we said amen, but we kept on believing. And then we saw God restore. We saw God heal. We've seen God do miracle after miracle after miracle, breakthrough after breakthrough, provision after provision, because we chose to believe. We chose to to push through. And what we have learned now is that even when things aren't happening how we thought it would or how we thought it should, we still give God praise like it was happening today. Even though things aren't happening exactly how we thought. Say, God, I thank you, God, that the promises are yes and amen. I thank you, Jesus, that what we're praying for is going to take place. I give you, God, the praise and the glory ahead of time, God, that you're going to provide every single one of our needs. We give God praise. We give God belief even when things aren't looking exactly how we thought, even when maybe things are getting blurry. See, even when things got blurry, the blind man didn't stop believing. Even when things got blurry and he couldn't really see clearly, he still kept on believing that God is who he says he is. So it comes to a point in our lives, do you believe that God is who he says he is? Because if you truly believe that God opens blind eyes, then you will push through when things get a little blurry, when things get a little confusing, because you believe that God is who he says he is. Point three for tonight is this. It's when things are blurry, don't stop believing. When things get blurry, don't stop believing. Mom and dad, don't stop believing just because your child is is doing things that you thought would never happen. Businessman, don't don't stop believing that God's best is still yet to come because things are getting blurry and and confusing right now. Don't don't stop believing just because things are not looking perfect. Don't stop believing just because things aren't lining up exactly how you are. Don't stop believing. There's one thing I've learned is this, is that we serve a faithful God, that he will never forsake us. And that if we just focus on him and say, God, I'm going to fall after you no matter what, we are going to see the promises of God in our life. We're going to see the favor of God in our life. We're going to see all the things that God has for us if we have the faith to believe it. That's really what it comes down to. Do we have the trust? Do we have the faith to believe for it? Do we have the faith to say, God, things aren't going how I thought I would. I didn't think I would lose this. I didn't think that would happen. I didn't think that these things would take place. But God, guess what? I'm still believing God, I didn't think that all these things would happen, but guess what, God, I still trust you. God, things are a little blurry right now, and I'm kind of confused, but God, I still trust you. God, I still believe that the best is yet to come. Because if we do that, even when things aren't going exactly according to plan, even when we are in the boat and the storm is surrounding us and we say, God, I'm not going to stop trusting you. I believe in you. I'm not going to panic. I'm not going to flee. I'm not going to run away from the word of God. No, I'm going to bring you closer. I'm going to go more into prayer time. I'm going to go deeper in worship time. I'm going to go deeper in my devotion time with you, God. Why? Because I know my answer isn't out there. My answer is in here. My answer is in the name of Jesus. And I need to bring you closer. When things get blurry. When things get confusing, you need to bring the name of Jesus closer to you, not pushing further away. When things get chaotic, that's when we need to bring Jesus closer to us. Not begin to find answers in other places. When things don't go corner plane, that's when we bring the name of Jesus closer to us. Come on, can you stand to your feet? I'm closing tonight. I want to close with 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. It says this when he's talking about freedom. I believe they have it. If they don't have it, it's a popular scripture, so we'll read it. It says this, and this is Paul speaking to the church in, in Corinth, and he's encouraging them. He was encouraging them because if you know about the church of Corinth, then you know that they're all in their emotions. They're all about going through their feelings. They're all about this going into the, into the fleshly desires that as soon as something got, got, went wrong, the church in Corinth were like, all right, we're done with this Jesus thing. You know, they were, that's, and Paul was encouraging the church of Corinth. And this is what he said in verse 16. But he says, but whenever someone turns, everybody say turns says, whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. He said, when somebody turns to the Lord, that those things that you're confused about, those emotions, those things that were driving your decision process, those things that were driving your, your thought process, the veil will be taken away. And then he says this in verse 17. He says, for the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is Freedom. Come on, give Jesus a shout of praise if you know there's freedom in the name of Jesus. He was saying this. He said, look, freedom's not in emotions. Freedom's not in your feelings. Freedom is not in giving into whatever you desire. That's not freedom. That's what the world has to offer. But God has something to offer that is pure. God has something to offer that actually is fulfilling. He said, God has something to offer and we call that freedom. He so said, because if you live how you're living now, and he's talking to Corinthian church, if you live how you're living now, you're going to be a slave to your emotions. You're going to be a slave to your feelings. You're going to be held down by your insecurities and your thought process. You're going to be held down by all the things that go through your mind. And you're going to be confused all the time. You're going to be insecure all the time. You're going to be looking to the left and to the right and say, well, so-and-so said this. And -and so-and-so said that. And maybe they're right. Maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe I'm not smart enough. Maybe I'm not experienced enough. And before you know it, you're held down by things of the world. Before you know it, you're held down by insecurities. You're held down by emotions. You're held down by your feelings. But Paul said to the Corinthian church that when you turn towards Jesus, see, the turn towards Jesus means you got to move and you got to change things that you're doing. He says when you turn towards Jesus, the veil is removed. When you turn towards Jesus, the confusion will go. When you turn towards Jesus, the insecurities have to flee because the spirit of the Lord and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. What he was telling the Corinthian church, he said, if you want freedom, turn towards Jesus. What he was telling me, hey, you want freedom in your relationships? Turn those relationships towards Jesus. You want freedom in your life? Turn towards Jesus and you will see freedom, you will see breakthrough, and you will see promises of God take place in your life. So what I'm going to close with tonight is this. We receive freedom when we choose. Everybody say choose. When we choose Jesus. We receive freedom when we choose Jesus. Choosing Jesus doesn't happen by default. Choosing Jesus happens with intentionality. You have to choose Jesus. You don't just stumble into Jesus. You don't stumble into God's will. You don't stumble into God's promises. You have to choose Jesus to receive freedom. You have to choose God to receive freedom from addiction, to receive freedom from insecurities, to receive freedom from generational curses. How do we receive freedom is that we got to choose Jesus. Say, God, I choose you in my relationships. God, I choose you in my business. God, I choose you in my family. If I want to see freedom in my family, then my family has to choose Jesus. If I want to see freedom in my mind, then i got to choose Jesus in my thought process, in my decision making. i got to choose Jesus because I don't want us ever to miss out on freedom because we're not choosing Jesus. I don't want us to miss out on the breakthrough because we're not choosing Jesus in this area or choosing Jesus in that area. Because whatever place where Jesus is not at, that's a place that we are succumbed to. That's a place that holds us down. That's a place where strongholds are built. But we say, God, I want to choose you in every area of my life. I want to choose you in every room of my soul. I want to choose you in every area, every place of my life. If we do that, we will experience freedom. With every head bowed and eyes closed, what I want to pray is this. is that, God, let us experience your freedom. God, let us experience your breakthrough. God, let us experience all the things that you have for us, God. Let us not to stay on the fringe of freedom. Let us not to stay on the brink of breakthrough. But, God, let us push through the barriers, push through the walls, push through the emotion, push through the feelings, push through the flesh, and into, God, the promises, into, God, the miracles, into, God, the freedom that you have for us, Father. God, let us open up our heart tonight, open up our mind tonight, open up our soul tonight. God, what place in our lives are we not choosing you? What place in our life, God, are we not going forward with you? What place in our life has a stronghold accumulated because we refuse to let you into that room? God, we open up our whole soul. We open up our whole heart. We open up, God, every part of our life because we want freedom. We want freedom in the name of Jesus. We want freedom from addiction. We want freedom from insecurities. We want freedom, God, from any habits. We want freedom, God, from depression. We want freedom, God, from anxiety. So, Father, we choose you in every aspect. We choose you in every room. We choose you with every decision. We choose the name of Jesus because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We choose freedom tonight. We choose freedom tonight. Come on, let's begin the scene. Let's begin to worship. Choose the name of Jesus and choose freedom tonight. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.